welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our lives are connected to one another and rooted in God's inclusive and expansive love for diverse creation. I'm Colleen Montgomery, pastor of All Places Together. I'm Emery Kate Sanders, and we're your podcast hosts. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. This week's episode is called Preparing for the Parables. The Bible is full of all different types of writing. History, poetry, songs, words that are used in and for worship, and stories that aren't literally true, but point to a truth about God. Likewise, the words and things that Jesus says in the Gospels also fall into several different categories. There are times when Jesus is preaching to a large crowd. At other times, he's having intimate conversations with just one other person or a few people. Then again, there's times when he's back in front of a crowd teaching and quoting the prophets and sometimes even telling these types of stories called parables. Parables are stories that are notoriously confusing when Jesus uses them and sometimes when other people use them as well. And it turns out that confusion is actually kind of the point. Over the next several weeks here at All Places Together, we'll be digging into some of the parables, what they are about, and how God speaks to us today through them. And they are so confusing and odd, in fact, that we're going to spend this entire episode today just preparing for them. We're going to talk through what are some helpful things to know and remember when we turn to the parables. Then over the next two weeks, I've picked a parable and Emma Kate's picked a parable that we will examine and reflect on together. And then the fourth and final week of this series is listener's choice. So be paying attention to the Instagram stories to join in the fun of picking out which parable we're going to talk about in that last episode. You can be as kind or I guess as mean as you would like in which parable you recommend that we will do our best with, with whichever one you select. Isn't that right, Emmer Kate? We're going to try. We will be trying our best for sure. <laughs> so in today's episode, we're going to work through th- three things that we think are really helpful to know about parables before you even read the first one. So here we go. The first thing that is important to know and remember is that context matters. So Emmer Kate, when you think about the context of parables, what comes to mind for you? When I think about this, um, I think about the the time and people to which Jesus was speaking and the types of things that um, would have made sense to them oftentimes don't <laughs> make sense to us. I uh, don't live in an agricultural setting. I don't live 2,000 years ago and have the same standards of hospitality or social norms. So... Um, yeah, a lot of times in thinking of context, when when I when I first look at parables, it's like uh, it doesn't really make as much sense uh, without knowing all the details, and it takes some further uh, reflection and and oftentimes some some education on that. 
Definitely. I mean, even if people are in a more agricultural setting in the United States in this day and age, it's like a totally different way of growing and tending the earth. Um, Jesus living where he did, it was an entirely different climate and landscape, let alone all the technology advances. So even if you have like some understanding, like it's, it's not always enough. Yeah, and and also the like social political understandings as well at the time. Like um, thinking about like in the Good Samaritan, like what what the word uh, Samaritan means to the people that were hearing that story, and um, really kind of digging into that because that that isn't always readily accessible um, coming from a Western perspective. Exactly. Like so often in. I think especially like in uh, stand-up comedy in the present day, this is going to connect, I promise, like the comedians play on cultural understandings, like things that their audience already knows. And so they can set up a joke or a story, um, assuming that we have like a basic understanding of something. And so then the joke can really land without having to do like all of this other explanation stuff. And Jesus had that with his audiences as well, with the disciples who were gathered around him, with the people who were in the temple listening to him or, you know, wherever he was. And those are things about society that like we don't necessarily have, like that it takes learning from biblical scholars um, and historians to really get a sense of some of those dynamics so that we can hear things that the original listeners would have been able to hear. So one of the common themes that runs through a lot of parables, just for an example, is the idea of purity and shame and cleanliness and uncleanliness. And if you don't have an understanding of um, how shame culture works in the wider culture of Jesus at the time, meaning that the emperor is at the top, people who are enslaved are at the bottom, they're treated like property, and then everyone else kind of falls in between in this pyramid or triangle of honor and shame. And understanding that social dynamic helps us be able to understand the dynamics of the parable better. Um, Likewise, with some of like the purity, what's ritually clean or unclean within Jewish tradition at the time helps us understand oftentimes some of the audacity and like radical things that Jesus is saying in the parables. Yeah. And uh, something else about like not having, if we don't have the context that we need uh, when we're reading through these parables, they can often be misconstrued. Um, So in thinking of um, especially things that have to deal with um, shame or um, being, you know, what, doing what is right, that can, if we don't know the context, um, it's, it's easy for things to be uh, misconstrued. And then parables and other parts of the Bible can be um, really used against people and used um, towards teachings that aren't necessarily in line with what Jesus was saying. Uh, So we really need to dig deeper and have the full picture so that we can um, see beyond when parables can be used um, 
improperly. Yeah, that like we can't force our 21st century understandings of society, of agriculture, of religion, like onto these stories. We need to really dig in and try to um, understand that context in which they were told so that we can understand them more. And just even have just like what you're saying, like this basic understanding of what's going on in this story, like what makes it so um, surprising or unexpected. And I know a few weeks ago, at least on this pastor's Facebook page here, there was this meme that went really viral, um, at least again within like pastor circles. And I just think it's so applicable here that it was a graphic that had the text of like, um, in 2000 years, people aren't going to understand the difference between a butt dial and a booty call. And like, that's why understanding like biblical historical context is important (laughs) because we know in our ears, like butt dial, oh, like an accidental call that I didn't mean to make is very different from a booty call when you are perhaps hoping for a consensual fun experience with a partner. (laughs) Those are two very different things. So once we have an understanding of kind of the basic context of the story, the next thing that's really important to keep in mind when we're turning to the parables is understanding Jesus as a storyteller um, and the way that he is not only crafting the parables themselves, but like also in the in the wider timeline of what's going on with Jesus, like why that parable then? So let's dig into that together. So Emmer Kate, for you, like where where do you want to start as far as Jesus's storyteller? Yeah, and thinking of the way that Jesus told stories, um, it really comes down to his use of metaphor and really figurative language that I find really exciting about the parables because the way that humans tell stories and uh, to try to communicate some sort of truth, I mean, we use that as um, a, a better example. We're always saying, let me, let me give you an example, and then you'll uh, describe a, a story of something. And that's a really human way to do it. Um, a way to find meaning. So I really appreciate the ways that um, Jesus uses simple, um, if if we know the context. Right, if we know the context. (laughs) If we have the context, laying that as as the foundation, then we can see, oh, here's a, a typical scenario um, that, that we would see at this place in time, and we can use that to then understand some greater truth. So um, it also just adds a richness to the storytelling. And humans, you know, we're, we're feeling creatures, we're visual creatures, we want to, we're emotional creatures too. And being able to connect with a story rather than um, just laying out, here's a rule, act like this. This is how the the kingdom of God should be. Um, by giving us uh, something else to go off of, we can really participate in it in a different way. Yeah, I love that. And I know we're going to dig into that 
um, more in our third point as well. But even just like as soon as you said metaphors and like the richness of it, right? And that just points to the layers that that parables have. Um, I was supply preaching a couple weeks ago on a very complicated parable. And I said to them, I'm going to say it all to you. Like if anybody ever says to you that they have like the one true interpretation of a parable of Jesus, like you don't, you shouldn't believe them. (laughs) You should question that because there's so many layers to all of it. Like, especially with what you're saying with the ways that um, we emotionally connect to them that we hear parts of ourselves in the parables. And sometimes the same parable, we can hear it a couple of years apart and we connect with a different part of that story. And so the layers are are so deep. Um, is, Shrek, is Shrek the one, is it an onion or a cake in Shrek? Now I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's an onion. Ogres uh, have layers like an onion. (laughs) There it is. So do parables. And then like functionally in in the flow of the, the gospels as well, either Jesus as he was telling them or perhaps the authors of the gospel as well. Are, are crafting and putting the parables together, usually for some type of reason. Um, so like there's a few sets of parables that come to mind for me, like when I'm thinking through this example. Um, one of them is the parable of all of the lost things. So it goes like the lost sheep, where the shepherd is going and looking for the one sheep that's lost the parable of the widow and the lost coin of the woman who's frantically sweeping her house, trying to find the one coin that she's lost. Um, And then the prodigal son who, as I was preparing for this episode, uh, the, the author I was reading said that it's actually not the son that leaves that goes away. It's the one, it's the older brother who's not at the party. Who's the one that's lost which was really interesting and really mind-blowing to me. So like that's a set of parables that Jesus all tells together. And so while it's meaningful to look at each of those three things individually, there's also something to be learned when we look at the three of them at as a whole. Um, and then there's also like another point in Matthew where Jesus is in the temple, like it's after Palm Sunday and we're into Holy Week. And Jesus tells like really three intense kind of apocalyptic vibey types of uh, parables like right in a row. And again, like there's something to be gained from each of them independently, but then looking at them as a whole, and then also in the context of Holy Week, helps us understand the intensity of like of what Jesus was experiencing and like what what he's trying to say to his followers before he heads to the cross. Yeah, another example um, is of sometimes Jesus uses a parable to underline something else that's not a parable that he's already said. So an example that comes from Luke, when the disciples ask him, you know, teach us how to pray. You, 
John taught his people, why can't you teach us? Uh, so Jesus says, here's the Lord's Prayer and kind of goes through that. And immediately afterwards, um, he gives the parable of the friend at midnight. And that one is all about this shameless audacity of asking, going to your neighbor's house at midnight and saying, I need some bread for this person who is at my home. And looking at that parable in the context of um, how, how we're praying to God for daily bread. So it's another example of using a parable in a way to underline a different point or uh, not just a standalone uh, story or lesson. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder if like the disciples ever groaned when like Jesus was like launching into a parable, like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> like, or if they loved it, like what was their response to it? <laughs> it's so funny the way that it's written too in scripture. It's like, well, suppose this and, and Jesus will just launch in and it's like, man, I w- we just wanted a regular answer, but Jesus never gives one. I know, right? Like, I know, like, I've been in classes where, like, the professors, you know, will teach like that. Or I'm sure sometimes parents are like that. Or, I don't know, sometimes even a therapist is like, oh, like, can you just tell me? Like, can you just be straightforward? And Jesus is like, no, I can't. Because then he also, right, uses his parables sometimes as responses to questions. Like, particularly when he's kind of in debating situations and and responding to questions with stories is definitely part of the rabbinic tradition. Like, especially also responding to questions with questions is also like part of how Jesus would have been like brought up in his Jewish faith at the time. Um, But he definitely also uses parables as answers to questions, often in a way that kind of answers the question, but often leaves, I assume, them, the original listeners, and also us with a lot of questions as well. And I think that actually leads in really nicely um, into the third point that we want to be able to explore today. And that is how we are invited into understanding and experiencing the parables 2,000 years uh, after Jesus told them, right? So we've got, you know, our first point of that the context matters, that we need to spend some time digging in to the details, doing some scholarship, learning from experts to like understand the context in which that story was also told. Right. And then we need to be paying attention to how Jesus is telling this story. Um, Is it with others? Is it a response to a question or an example that he's trying to teach? Like, what are the layers of interpretation that's happening um, through what Jesus is saying? And then kind of after we've done that, then I think it is really time then to dig into the understanding and to be intentionally listening to how God speaks to us through the parables. So uh, in thinking of the way that Jesus teaches like this, it, it makes me reflect on, you know, who are some of the best teachers or mentors that, 
you know, I've had in my life that we've had um, throughout our different lives. And the, the best ones aren't the people that spoon feed us information and then we're just asked to regurgitate or just replicate that information back out again. The best teachers really ask something more of us. And that's what Jesus is doing with the parables. Uh, Jesus is challenging us to into a deeper understanding and uh, requires us to be more engaged with what he is saying. And this type of teaching really supports curiosity and wonder and in, in a way that we can return, as you said earlier, Colleen, uh, throughout our lifetimes to the same story over and over again and return with a fresh perspective, a fresh imagination and thinking of this the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, at different points in our lives, we can identify with those different characters. When am I the person that's lying beaten and stripped on the road? When am Why I the am person I in the ditch? <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's those moments for sure. And then there's the times where there's been someone in need that we've, we've walked past. And it's like, when, when are those times? And being able to reflect on that. And then the times, hopefully, that we've hopefully. looked and, and seen that person lying there in the ditch and said, you know, hey, I'm going to offer you aid and compassion. And we can look at that story, as with all of the parables, throughout uh, our different experiences. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite ways um, to talk about the parables, uh, to preach about the parables, like, and even in my own personal devotion, too, of like answering the question, like, where do I see myself in this story today? And I think, like you said, like at various points in our lives, we are the ones who are wounded or getting the short end of the stick or the suffering ones in the parables, um, which is a common theme. And then other times we're, as Taylor Swift says, I'm the problem, it's me, right? (laughs) We're the bad guy or I don't know. I don't know that I actually like believe in bad guys, but that we're the ones who are making the not great, not kind, not um, empathetic choice. Um, And kind of with that too, sometimes finding God in the parables can be really tricky. Like a lot of them, a lot of parables talk about, you know, there's a, a master is the language that they use, but there's like a master who owns land or sometimes owns people. And oftentimes we want to put God there, especially like when we think about God as monarch, but I don't know that that's always where God is. I think sometimes God can be other places in the parables and it really invites a different type of reflection and uh, creativity, I think, to try to see, to see ourselves, see each other and see God in the parables in different ways. Yeah. And I just think many times a lot of the conversations can be really rich. And and this is what we're going to hope to do over the next couple of weeks, where, where you explore that context, kind of get the sense of what Jesus is trying to do with this particular thing, and then just like open it up and see, open up the conversation and see where it goes and see how the Holy Spirit calls, what, what questions are sparked Um, The parables just invite such rich reflection um, and a call to us to to think about 
perhaps Jesus differently and our lives of faith differently too. So if you find yourself really energized by this conversation and you are ready to dig into parables, I would encourage you to find a friend, find someone who maybe you want to have a discussion with and explore those parables together. But if you aren't able to find someone to do that with together, a really good study Bible can be an excellent companion when it comes to parables. Two that I have found that are really excellent are the Lutheran Study Bible, which is a version of the New Revised Standard NRSV, New Revised Standard Version, there you go, uh, that you can get that has just really good historical notes, context notes, and reflection questions as well throughout. Then another really good one is the Common English Bible, Study Bible, that's C-E-B for short. And that's a really lovely translation that's written on about a third grade reading level. And I actually really love it a lot. Um, It's just sometimes a little bit more clear than the NRSV. And um, I have a study version that I'll link in the show notes that just also has really excellent historical notes as well. So as much as some folks love those Bibles that have the red text for when Jesus is speaking, when it comes to the parables, having a good study Bible can really enrich that conversation and that reflection, especially if you're doing more of it solo. So Emmer, Kate, and I hope that you will join us in the coming weeks as we dig into some parables. Be sure that you're following us on Instagram at All Places Together to join in the fun of selecting that last parable. Again, we will we will do whatever you pick, which is just a little bit of terrifying, but hopefully will be a lot of fun. So we look forward to joining in the conversation with you and listening together for how God is calling to us through the parables, wherever, whoever, and however we are. for the parables. Loving God, you sent your son Jesus to us as a wise teacher, one who spoke creatively, using common earthly things to explain the truths of your kingdom. He taught in a way that is essentially and wonderfully human, through metaphor and narrative. Sometimes we think we already know what we need to learn from you, that we understand your stories through and through. Other times we are confused by ideas and practices in the parables that don't match up with our world today. Whoever, wherever, however we are, we need your help to understand how to be in better relationship with you, each other, and creation. Guide us as we wrestle with your word. Be with us as we put these understandings into action. 
and continue to reveal to us that which you long for in our lives. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. We hope you experience God's love for you and the world in today's episode. We'll be having Zoom communion this month on Monday, November 20th. The link to sign up is going to be on our bios, on all of our socials. And you can also email me at allplacestogether at gmail.com. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-C-E-S. T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R at gmail.com in order to get on the list, to get the link. We know that's the Monday before Thanksgiving and it can be a hectic time, but we just invite you to come have some time for prayer, have some time for you and God before you head into what can often be a stressful week as we try to celebrate and give thanks with our families. As always, thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Being church together is so important, and we're glad to do it with you. Thank you to everyone who gives financially to empower the ongoing work of All Places Together. As we come to the end of the year, we hope that you'll consider All Places Together in your end-of-year giving. In order to make a financial gift, you can go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Now, click that button, and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. There you can set up one-time gifts or set up a recurring donation of any amount. Until next time, remember that God is with you and loves you and sees you, wherever, whoever, and however you are.